This morning, I just want us to talk about this good news. This good news. This is our convention of good news. Amen. The good news that God did for us, that God brought for us. Amen. So our, my title for message this morning will be the good news of salvation. Amen. The good news of salvation. Amen. Why should you be saved? There must be some good news about salvation. Why should we be born again? Why should we be born again? Why don't we just live our lives the way we want to live our lives, live anyhow and go to heaven? Why should we be born again? So I'm going to give you a few reasons this morning why you should be born again. And this should be a starter conversation you can give to your family, to your friends who don't know Christ as their Lord and Savior in their lives. This will help us to understand why should I live my ordinary life that I'm living at the moment and be born again. Amen. Are we all born again in this house? If, if not, by the end of the service, we trust God that you will find the reasons why you need to be born again. Amen. Amen. The Bible tells us that when Jesus died in John chapter 19 and verse 30, when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. Amen. John 19.30. So whatever he came here to do, we remember on Thursday, I spoke on the amazing grace of God. How amazing the grace of God. How God took Jesus Christ to the cross to die for our sins. How he made him go through the path of, of, of shame and, 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 and be beaten and be spat at and be, and be nailed to the cross just for you and me. His blood gushed out from all the parts of his body. Remember, the thorns were on his head, the nails on his hands. He was stabbed on his side of the, of the body and he, he, on his feet, he was also nailed to the cross. Why did he have to die for us so we can have life? When he gave up the ghost, he said, it is finished. Bowing his head, his spirit left his body. Amen. So through that we know, the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews 9.22, the Bible tells us that all things are purified by the blood. We are just doing a recap on Thursday, all things are purified by the blood. Without the shedding of the blood, there is no remission of sins. Without the shedding of the blood, there is no remission of sins. We cannot wash our own sins away. You cannot get into the bath and take soap and wash your sins away. Amen. We see it a lot in the movies when somebody has done something bad, they have gone out of their marriage, they come home and they begin to wash themselves, thinking that washing themselves will make them pure. Nothing you do on the outside can make you pure. The blood of Jesus, when he shed his pure blood, his holy blood, the Bible tells us that without the shedding of blood, there can never be remission of sins. Amen. So you are all saved by grace. I am saved by grace. Amen. Ephesians 2.8 tells me that. For by grace you have been saved through faith and not of your own works that anyone should boast. 
So it's not of my own works. I can never have saved myself. Christ had to die for me. Christ has to die for you. Even if you are the only sinner, I believe Christ would have died for you still. So he died for us when we were yet sinners. Amen. So he died for us so we can come into this life. That we want to find out what is in this life. What is this good news in the salvation? The Bible tells us in the book of Hosea 4, 6, that my people perish because of lack of knowledge. Many are walking down the streets. They are born again believers, yet they are feeling condemned, yet they are feeling unworthy, yet they are feeling beaten up by life because of this lack of knowledge. My people perish for lack of knowledge. So this morning, I believe we will, we will just go. I cannot even list them. I was listing the benefits of salvation and I, I couldn't finish them. So I hope we can do justice to a few of them this morning. So we can know what is it that we have in salvation. Amen. What is it that you have in Christ? Amen. Number one, what you have in Christ is the forgiveness of sins. Amen. You have been forgiven. Your sins have been forgiven. Amen. In the book of Hebrews, chapter number 8, verse 12, the Bible tells us that for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawlessness and their sins I will remember no more. What a benefit. The Lord remembers your sins no more. So you cannot go down with your face bowed down because thinking the Lord will recount all your sins you've ever done here on earth. As soon as you become a new creature, God will be merciful to you, to your unrighteousness and their sins and their lawlessness. And I will remember them no more. Amen. Micah even reminds us that all our sins have been thrown into the sea of, of forgetfulness. Micah 7, 19 tells us that, that our sins, they have been thrown into the sea of forgetfulness. So they have been forgotten. Why do you remember them? Why do you keep going and fishing them out, out of the sea? The sin you committed 20 years ago. Why do you take a fishing rod and go to the sea and fish it out and meditate on the sea that God has forgotten? How many times do we do that? Then we go back and say, oh God, maybe this is why I can't do this because 20 years ago I did this, 30 years ago I did this, oh maybe I'm cursed, oh maybe, oh this sin will never leave my body, oh this sin will never leave my mind. But the Bible says he has taken it into the sea of, of forgetfulness, he forgets it, he forgets it, he's forgotten about it, so forget about it as well, amen. So forget about it, leave the sin alone. As soon as you come, the second one, um, benefit, I better not count them because I'll forget how many they are. The next one, I'll just say the next one, so it makes life easier. The next one is you have now become a new creature. What a benefit. He has forgotten all about your sins and now you have become new. All of a sudden you are a new species. 2 Corinthians 5.17, write them down so you can go home and see these benefits for yourself. Amen. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Hallelujah. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become how? Amen. Are you a new You've left the past. 
You've moved addresses. You have moved. Therefore, if anyone is in, in Christ, he is a new creature. You think differently. You walk differently. You look at yourself differently. Because you have the mirror of God right in front of you. Whatever God tells you you are, that's who you are. You are not a failure. Amen? You are not a failure. You will never fail because whatever God tells you from now on is important. You are a new creature. Praise God. Amen. The next benefit, are you writing it down? Amen. We have access to God. We have access to God. Oh, what a benefit. We have access to God. The Bible tells us in the book of, of Hebrews chapter number 4. And verse 16, that therefore let us boldly come before the throne room of grace. The throne of grace. That we may obtain mercy and find grace in time of need. When the curtain parted from bottom to top, it gave us access. It gave us access into the presence of God. Amen. It gave us access to the presence of God. Amen. I like what Ephesians 2 verse 14 says Ephesians 2 says the middle wall of separation has been broken down there was a separation between us and God when we sinned in the past because now we are not sinners when we sinned in the past he says the Bible says um, where we were Ephesians 2 14 it says there, there was a middle wall of separation that has been broken down. For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. So there is no separation between us and God. If you want to come to God, you just say, God, I'm here. There is now no wall of separation. You are not separated from him. That is why you can boldly approach the throne room of grace to obtain mercy at time of need. Amen. Amen. When you need mercy, do you know where to go now? There is no wall of separation. Amen. There is no wall of separation. The Bible says, call unto me in the day of trouble. Call unto me. Call, 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 call unto me. It's for you to dial the number. Amen. It's for you to punch those numbers and say, God, I need you. Jeremiah 33, 3. I need you. I need you now. I need you now. I need you now. Amen. So there is now no separation. You have free access to God. Praise God. Are we ready for the next one? Amen. The Bible says in the book of Galatians, we are chapter number four from verse four to seven. We are adopted into the family of God. We are adopted in the family. A lot of us have grown. We have all grown in different ways. Some have had fathers. Some have had mothers with them. Some have lost family members along the way. But we are adopted into the family of God. Galatians chapter number four. Amen. The Bible says from verse four to seven. Amen. When the fullness of time had come, God sent his, his son born of a woman. Amen. Born under the law. The next one, please. To redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoptions as sons. Are you a son of God? Are you a daughter of God? 
when it, it refers to sons, it refers to both sons and daughters. Amen. You remember I told you the story about Adam, that it was Adam who was formed first, and Eve was formed from where? From the rib of Adam. Amen. So when it says sons, God sees Adam and Eve together. Amen. So we are adopted as sons of God. You have the same right Jesus has. Amen. You have the same privilege Jesus has. You are now Jesus' brother. Amen. You are now Jesus' brother. You are, the Bible carries on to say, we are joined heirs with Christ. And what is an heir? An heir is the one who, who inherits. If you are now God's son, do you have an inheritance or not? What Jesus has, do you have it? Amen. Amen. What Jesus has, you have. Praise God. We are adopted into the kingdom of God. We are now sons of God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. We have become the sons of God. And God has sent his spirit of his son into our hearts. That is why we can cry. That is verse 6. That is why we can cry what? Abba, Father. You cannot say my father, our father in heaven, if you are not adopted as a son. Amen. Because now you are sons, God has sent your spirit of his son into your heart. The spirit of Jesus is in your heart. Otherwise, you cannot cry, Abba, Father, if, if the spirit of Jesus is not in your heart. You cannot call him Father, Daddy, I love you. You cannot tell him you love him if the spirit of Jesus is in your heart. It says God has sent the spirit of his son, amen, into your heart. So in your heart, the spirit of God is there. You should never doubt yourself that you are a child of the living God. That you are a child of the most high God. That you are a child of a living God. Every time the devil knocks you with doubt and fear and, and self-pity, you say, you know what? I am a child of God. I am a son. I'm a daughter of God. I can cry, Abba, Father, and Abba, Father will hear me. Amen. And our Father will hear me. He will hear me. He will hear me based on that the spirit of Christ is in me. Amen. Hallelujah. He is in me. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Are we ready for the next one? Amen. Amen. We have a heavenly inheritance. We have a heavenly inheritance. First Peter chapter 1 verse 34. We have this hope. We have this blessed assurance. We have this hope that we have a heavenly inheritance. Praise God. First Peter chapter 1, 34. Amen. The Bible says, blessed be God. Amen. The father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy, has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And verse 5 of that says, the next verse says, verse 4, to an inheritance, amen, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. I thought you'd be excited. An inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away amen this inheritance is reserved 
for you in heaven. Amen. So when you get born again, you must always know I have an inheritance. Because sometimes when life is challenging as you walk the path of life, when you are walking down the path of life and there are challenges, you, and you, you can't see what you are here on earth. You try to buy this, it doesn't work. You try to do this, it doesn't work. It feels like you don't have any earthly inheritance. It feels like you cannot achieve anything here on earth. But every time your spirit is here on earth, it is a guarantee. You have an inheritance that is incorruptible, that is undefiled, that is already waiting for you in heaven. So if you can't see the things you want now, don't worry. Don't be under pressure. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. But there is one guarantee. It is an inheritance incorruptible that is reserved for us in heaven. Amen. Shout hallelujah. Amen and amen. The next one, what are the benefits of salvation? If you are just tuning in, we are talking about the benefits of salvation. Why should we be born again? Why should we give our life to Christ? We cannot lead our own lives. We know that. That is why we need him to come into our life. The Bible tells us in the book of Ephesians chapter 2, 19, that we have a heavenly citizenship. A heavenly citizenship. Why do you need a citizenship of another country? Why does it bother you when you can't get a citizenship of any other country you want? You have one important citizenship. You know, you, the only passport you need is salvation. Amen. The only passport you need for this citizenship is salvation. Hallelujah. We all have salvation. Therefore, we know we have a heavenly citizenship. What a joy. What a privilege. What an honor. Amen. Colossians 2, 9 to 10 tells us, the next one, that we are complete in him. We are complete in him. Everything you'll ever need is in Christ. We are complete in him. If you have him, you are complete. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. Nothing short of anything. Nothing missing, not that you'll have it another day. You are just complete in him. Amen. You are complete in him who is the head of all principalities and power. So when you have him, you also are the head of all principalities and power. You can tell the enemy in the face to say, you know what? I am the head of all principalities because greater is he who is in me than the one who is in the world. Amen. So you are complete in him. Praise God. Amen. The next one, we keep going to see what is it. What, why should we be born again? Why should we tell our families? Can you imagine if you have a citizenship in heaven and your family has a citizenship in hell? Do you think that would be nice? It won't be nice. We all want to have the same citizenship in heaven. Amen. We all want the same. Because what the, the Bible tells us that what, when we are in heaven, we will see what is happening in hell. So when we, we have a citizenship, we are sitting in our mansions. We are enjoying the uncorruptible inheritance. And we can see our families burning 24 hours in hell. That will not bring us joy. That is why our aim our purpose here on earth, once we've received him as king of our lives, we need to tell others about him. This is a free gift. You don't have to pay for this gift. 
It is absolutely free. Amen. It is absolutely free. Amen. I'll tell you another one. We have peace with God. Is there anything troubling you in, in your mind? The Bible says in the book of Philippians 4 verse 7, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind. Amen. So be anxious for what? For nothing. Be anxious for what? For nothing. Why are you anxious? Why are you having a sleepless night? When you have God. He says, be anxious for nothing. This is why the Bible says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. We don't know what he has promised us. His promises are full in the Bible. But we've got to discover them. Amen. Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and by supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. This is when God gives you peace in the midst of a storm. This is why Jesus could sleep in the midst of a storm. When you are in the storm, sleep. Because he's in charge. When you are in the storm, sleep. Because he's in charge. But if you don't know that he's giving you this peace, then you will stay awake. You will worry. You will meditate on the problem. You will meditate on the, how worse the problem is becoming. You will meditate on what you don't have. You will meditate how much things can get worse from now. But when you have him, he gives you the peace that surpasses all understanding. Sometimes if you look back in your life and wondered, how did I go through this? You look back and think, how did we make it to get this far? How did we make it without going into a mental institution? How did we make it to be here? How did we make it when we, we were close to our house being repossessed? How did we make it when our child was sick and things looked bad? But God gave you that peace. The peace that surpasses all understanding. That guards your heart and your mind. Therefore be anxious for nothing. Nothing should worry you. Amen. When you are anxious, ask yourself, what does God say about this anxiety? He says, be anxious for nothing. Amen. Be anxious for nothing. Amen. The next one, we are more than conquerors. Romans 8, 37. We are more than conquerors. So you start from a point of victory already. You don't start from a, a position of failure. You start from victory. We are more than conquerors through Christ. Amen. Who loved us so much. So he has made us to be conquerors. So anything that comes your way, you can face it square and say, I am more than a conqueror. I am more than a conqueror. Amen. This is why when you go back a few verses back in Romans 8, 28, he says that now we know all things, they work together for our good. All things. Amen. Some things look so bad that you don't see the, how positive that thing can be. But we know that all things, they work together for those who love God. 
to those who are called according to his purpose. Have you been called according to his purpose? Of course you have. Amen. So all things work together for our good. All things, not some things. You will have the good, the bad, and the, the ones that look even more worse. But all things, they are working together for our good. It is your training ground. When you see the good, it's good. But when you see the bad, it's your training ground. For God is testing you to see if you know what is in the manual. God is testing you to see if you know what is in the manual concerning that issue. There is nothing that you'll ever face in life that is not in the Bible. There is nothing that you'll ever face. People were sick in the Bible. Even close to death. And some, God in Hezekiah's case, he had to cancel his death penalty. And extend his life by 10 more years. So there are people who are sick in the Bible. Amen. There are people who, who are struggling to conceive in the Bible. There were people who, who were sick with Lazarus was sick unto death. Even God resurrected him from the dead. So there is no situation, even if you think the situation is dead, Jesus can still resurrect it. Jesus can still resurrect that situation. No matter how it looks like it's dead, 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 D-E-A-D, dead. Jesus can still pull it out back to life. As long as you have Jesus in you, that situation can turn around. That situation can turn around. Amen. If you have a marriage that is near collapse, near to the end, you know, things have become so sour. Things have become so difficult. You can go back to God. All things work together for our good. Maybe God is asking you, do you know why you are married? Do you know why you are married? Find out the purpose why you are together. You are together for his purpose. Amen. You are together for his purpose. I remember when we said it, the amazing grace, how God took the rib of Adam and put Adam to sleep, took the rib of Adam out of him while you are saying, and use the rib to fashion Eve. So we are joined together. Wherever that rib came from, if there's a woman in here, there's a rib that came from Adam somewhere. Amen. So he took that rib. Even if you are not married yet, it means there is, there is we must have your Adam somewhere. So your Adam is somewhere because God took the woman from the rib of a man. Amen. So those who are waiting for their husbands, wait patiently. They are coming. And those who are waiting for their wives, wait patiently. Because it's a matter of time, God will connect the, the rib to rib. It will be rib to rib soon. It will be rib to rib soon. Amen. It will be rib to rib soon. If, if you're not married, you'll shout a bigger hallelujah. Because the ribs are connecting. Amen. Amen and amen. This is why in marriage, we need to understand our position. If Eve was formed from the rib, is the rib, is the rib above the head or below the head? Okay, let's talk. If Eve was taken from the rib, is the rib above the head or below the head? It's below the head. But it, does it mean the rib is not significant? No. It means it's significant. Otherwise, the man will not be complete. Amen. 
Otherwise, the man will not be complete. Amen. So we should. Amen. Amen. So it means the man will not be complete. But if you look down upon the rib because it was formed from you, then you've missed the point. You've missed the point. You've missed the point. Because without the rib, you will not be complete. Amen. In the same token, the rib cannot be the one making decisions. Amen. <laughs> Amen. The rib cannot be the one making decisions, giving direction, because it means the rib has jumped from here to there. And have you ever seen a rib walking above the head before? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. You've never seen a rib walking above the head. The rib is tucked in under and is walking side by side. Adam. Amen. Is walking side by side. Hallelujah. Side by side. Side by side. I am your helper. Amen. Women are created to be helpers of destiny. Come to our women's conference soon and you'll get more. Amen. We will understand our role here on earth. Praise God. Praise God. Are we ready for the next one? Amen. Amen and amen. Wow. Amen. That's powerful. The Bible says in the book of 2 Corinthians 5.20, we are Christ ambassadors. We are ambassadors for Christ. Amen. Let's read it. 2 Corinthians 5.20. Oh, the technical team is doing well. There's so many scriptures today, but they are, they are catching up with me. Amen. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were bleeding through us. Did you get that? We implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. Amen. So now then, we are what? Ambassadors for Christ. What does ambassadors of a country do? They represent the country. The ambassadors can never talk bad about their country. If we are ambassadors of this nation and we are sent out to Africa somewhere, we are expected to speak great about this great Britain country. Amen. We are expected to speak great about the country we are representing. Amen. So the same thing, we are ambassadors, but for who? For Christ. So we, we need to, to, to tell them what is happening in this nation. What it is to have a citizenship in this country called heaven. Amen. So we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were bleeding through us. So God is bleeding through who? Through us. He is talking through us as if God is saying, please tell them, please, please tell them about me. Tell them about what I can do for them. Tell them about what Christ came here to do for them. So through us, God is bleeding through us. So are we opening? I like that advert we saw earlier about you'll pass me on the street. Many, you'll see me, but say something. Invite me, invite me. Bleed for the kingdom through us. Tell our families as though God were bleeding through us. As if God is saying, please, please come to the kingdom of God. God is bleeding through us this morning. Amen. 
He wants to be our mouthpiece for him. We, our mouth to be used to speak about him. Speak about the things he has done for you. A good starting point is to tell people what Christ has done for you. Don't talk about what he has done for somebody else. Just say, since I've known him, this is what he has done for me. Since I've known him, God has healed me. Since I've known him, my marriage is peaceful. Since I've known him, he has healed my children. Since I've known him, God has done one, two, three. People need to know what he, what's in, in it for them. Everyone wants to know the benefits of anything. They want to know why should I come to Christ? What, what will my, how will my life change? How will my life change if I know Christ today? Will I be the same person at work? Will I be the same? There has to be a change. He wants to use your mouth to plead through your mouth to say invite others to the kingdom. Amen. He wants to invite you. Invite others. Invite your families. Invite them to come. Amen. The next one, we are friends of God. We are friends of God. John 15, 15. The Bible says, no longer do I call you servants. For a servant does not know what their master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. Amen. So you are God's friends. You can sing that song. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of, he calls me friend. This is where that comes from. No longer do I call you servants. Never ever see yourself as a servant. For a servant does not know what his master is doing. But we know what our master did. We know what our master is even doing in this day. We know what the purpose of our master is. We know the heartbeat of our master is to seek and to save that which was lost. That is his purpose. So servants, they don't know that. Many in the world think they are high up there, but they are servants. Many think they have achieved things in life, but they are servants according to the kingdom of God. Many think because they have money in the bank account that they are not servants. But they are servants according to the word. Because they do not know what the master's business is all about. You are only a servant when you do not know what the master is doing. Amen. Only when you do not know what the master is doing, then you are a servant. But if you know what the master is doing, you are no longer a servant. Amen. You are no longer a servant. You are a friend of God. You are a friend of God. You are a friend of God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You have a comforter. You have a comforter. John 16 and verse 7. God promised us the Holy Spirit who will be our comforter. Why would you need a comforter? Because while we are in this world, we will face many tribulations. Amen. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. 
For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I, if I depart, I will send him to you. Amen. So we have a comforter. If you go through trials, through testing times, you can run back to the comforter. You can run back to the helper. You can run back to your teacher who will teach you all things you need to know. You might think somebody has never been through this journey before, but somebody might have been through this journey before. So he will teach you how to get out of the mess or the things that you are in that you want to get out of. He will teach you all things. Amen. He will teach you all things. Amen. Praise God. And finally, I think I'll end it on this one. And then we'll summarize. Amen. Our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. Our names are already written. Not that they will be written. Amen. People can write you and erase you in their books. Amen. But Luke 10.20 says, I like that. Oh, yes. That was a long yes. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Luke 10.20 tells us that our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Amen. 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 Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Amen. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Don't rejoice when you do a few miracles and you are happy. Don't rejoice when you pray for the sick and they are healed. It's good. But the most joy, rejoice. Once you give your life to Christ, your name is written in heaven. Amen. Amen. Your, your names are written in heaven. What a joy. Your names are written in heaven. Amen. So when you, when you depart from earth and go to heaven and they check in the book, there will be a book that will be written and they will go alphabetically. A to Z. If your name is S, they will go on the S's and have a look. If your name is S, they will have a look. Please stand there. What's your name? Amen? The pages will be, will be going. They are looking for your name. They are looking for your name. They are looking for your name. Will your name be found in there? <laughs> amen. And amen. And amen. What joy. What hope we have. What hope we have. Amen. That our names are written in heaven. Hallelujah. Our names are written in heaven. What joy will fill our hearts on a daily basis. That our name, when they look for our names, they will find it. They say, oh, Mrs. Segbergi, come in, amen, and enter into the rest of the Lord, amen. Hallelujah, what joy should fill our hearts. When Billy Graham passed on and they read what he wrote, he says, by the time you read this, you might have heard, I have died. Don't believe them. 
Don't believe them that I'm dead because I am more alive than I was. I am more alive than I was. Amen. I am more alive than I was. I am only waking up in another country. Amen. I am only waking up in another country. This will be your story. This will be your story that as you live through the path of life, you will make a mark that can never be erased. Your footprints from today onwards should make a mark on earth that can never be erased. Your, your footprints, when your friends come into your house and they spend time with you, make a mark that can never be erased. Let them leave your presence with something in their spirit. Let them live with something in their spirit. Just one word. Don't have to preach to them. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. And many of us have friends that come and sit around us with problems. Let's make the lives of others matter. You have received him. Therefore, he's sending you out into the world. You are his mouthpiece now. He trusts us. That he trusts you so much that you will open your mouth and you'll speak mysteries. Somebody needs that word that is in you. Somebody needs that word that every time we are in church, we receive a word. We receive a word. We receive a word. We rece what are you doing with the... Your Bible is growing bigger. Your notebook is growing bigger. Your notebook is growing bigger. Amen. We are receiving. Just send somebody a message today. When you finish service, just one benefit you've received today. Send them the message. Tell them what benefit it is to be in the kingdom. Text it to them. They will read the text message. They may be like, why is she telling me about heaven? Or why is she telling me about I need to be saved? But just send a loving message wrapped with love. Amen. It will say whatever you have heard and it will minister grace to them. You can package the message anyhow. You can package a gift anyhow. The person will unwrap it, but the message will resonate in their spirit. It might be one word message. God loves you so much. You've told them that God loves them. He will, why, why me? Why me when I'm such a sinner? Why? Because as soon as light and darkness meet, then they begin to search themselves. But for you, you are already in the kingdom. All things have been freely given unto you. Are we going to give them back to others? Are we going to give them back to others? One word, one, all they need. Maybe somebody is in the verge of committing suicide. One word of encouragement to say God has great plans for you. We'll leave them up. They will leave that plan. They will abandon that plan and God will fill their hearts. Amen. So let's not, not you know, stay with the word. Let that word come out. Let that word come out of us. Let's receive it and let's spread it. And that's how soon it's going to spread. As soon as we receive it, it's going to spread. As soon as we receive it, the word is going further and further. It's going to touch lives and change somebody's life. Amen. And finally, and finally, Ephesians chapter 1. This is my prayer for you. 
that as we go forward, as we're going to enjoy tomorrow's service and jubilation, therefore also, my prayer is this, that verse 18, Ephesians 1 and 18, the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Amen. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Amen. That the eyes of your eyes will be enlightened. Let your eyes be enlightened. Amen. As you go in the word, find the scriptures, find them, find them, dig them, fish them out. Let your eyes be enlightened. Let's not be like those who have never received him. Let us be different because we have received enlightenment. We have received revelation of him. Paul said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. This should be our prayer on a daily basis that that I should know him. That I may know him more and more because we can never finish knowing him. I was writing this and I mean, I had, I have a lot, so I have not given you all the benefits. I have not finished and I'm still going to learn more every day. I'm still going to learn more every day. This is just to get us started so that we can all go home and search. What is it? What is my inheritance? Amen. The riches of his glory and the inheritance of the saints. You have a godly inheritance. You have citizenship in heaven. You have been reconciled with God. You have been born again into a family of God. You are a son of God. Amen. We have received him by faith and we will walk this walk of faith. Amen.